you're on the dock with Pastor Troy. We're having a good time here in the studio today. Glad you're joining us on the table. Got a nice glass of cold brew. It's a turtle from Crown Brew. Go check them out. They're one of our partners there. We're going to have some special promotions with them coming up real soon. We'll be talking to you about them. We'll get Josh in here in the studio. We're going to do some special things where you can get you a buy one, get one free coming up real soon. Just watch it on the doc.org to find out how you can do that. Go to on the doc.org and find the link that says basically uh, Crown Brew. Find their logo, click on it, and it'll get you to a page, get you a coupon on to get a, a buy one, get one free at Crown Brew. They're helping us out, bringing good taste in here. Hot, cold, you got it, they have it. You want to check it out. Oh, no, I did that again. That's okay. Yeah, we're going to keep rolling. He'll fix it out. Sorry about that. Hey, On the Dock is all about our credo, conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. We're all about out of the shallows into the deep. We want to help people here at this table. We want to help, we want to be their friends. We want to hang out, have some coffee with them. Safe place. You're at the harbor. We want to give them some tools and get them pointed out to the past and let them get out there about the things of God. And know that the lighthouse, I put. I had Megan when she drew this, put that lighthouse out there to know that God's always got you back. If you get out there, you that's can good. see that light. It'll get, it'll get you home. It will get you home. So I just want to tell you that's a good thing. You can find On the Dock at uh, these partners. We, we broadcast at YouTube at, on the On the Dock channel there. Find us there, Pastor Troy. Get on there at iTunes, Spotify, as well as Google Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. And our social media sites are listed there as well. You can check us out at Facebook, at Twitter, at Telegram, and at, I love this, Instagram. You can communicate with us. Our executive producer, Donna, would love to talk with you, chat there. Make sure it's friendly. We want to communicate with you. Let us know how you like the show. If you got questions, we'll build other shows from your ideas as well. And finally, whenever you find our partners, hit subscribe, like, share, comment, hit the notification buttons. Just link up with us so we know that you're there with us and you'll get notifications about future podcasts. Our podcasts come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Watch for those each week and you can become a partner of ours at my Patreon site. Go to Patreon, become an on the dock partner, look us up and we have partners and we have sponsors and you can find out more about us at Patreon. You can also go to on the dock dot org and find out all this information get links to our different podcast channels and you can always email us at info at on the dock.org. We're so ex- excited to be back in studio again. We've got great people around the table today, and uh, I just, I just, the Lord led my heart to have my mentors, my spiritual father here, and just have you guys help us kick. You're our first guest outside our own team, and we're excited about having you here for part three today. We are going to be looking at key principles of Christian leadership. We have around this table of Reverend Fred Bishop with No Greater Love Ministries, founder and director of that ministry, and my spiritual father in the Lord, right to his right, is my elder brother in the Lord, Shane Bishop, pastor of Christ Church, and to my right is Roger Leip from Nations of Coaches, fresh from 27 years from SCA as well. He's got a great pedigree, doing great things for the Lord. Thank you guys for being with us. Our pleasure. Love having you guys. We're going to get into this. Look at these good pictures of these guys. Good looking guys here. And we're just glad to have you in the studio. Got my lovely wife, Beth, sitting over on the couch. Encourage us along. Lucas is in here, our executive director today. Thank you, Lucas, for being on, on the set today and getting things happening. We've got a great conversation for you. So let's get started today. We're talking about today key principles of Christian leadership. Key leaders, principles of Christian leadership. And I want to start with this because I tell you one of the key principles for me of Christian leadership is having a good base, having a a spiritual coach, having a spiritual mentor, having elder brothers in the Lord like you guys to kind of lead you along, guide you along, kind of get you started. But also when you can come back and just kind of hang. One of the cool thing about David and his band of brothers, they went out and did great things for God, but man, they they came back and sat around. Mm-hmm. They were close when David got under pressure and they had to leave because of Absalom. I mean, all the guys that came in with him went out with him. 
They, they, they were just a team. And when he said, I want to drink a cold water, they went and got him a drink of cold water and brought it back for him. He actually poured it out because yes, it was too did. precious because of what they did mm -hmm. to get it. I love that. Uh, I have a picture that's just for me is a treasure for me. It's outside the birth of my children and my wedding day. Uh, honestly, uh, that photo to me, Shane, Fred, is the world to me. I love it. You know, I, I just saw it come back. It cycles up on YouTube. Right? You guys put it, it comes up on Facebook so regularly. About every year or two, it comes up. And there is no photo. I have him off. There's no photo that I value most to stand where Moses was, hmm. to be on that trip. Um, and even though Shane was torturing me with pillows, uh, to be on Mount Nebo where Moses <laughs> stood and looked at the promised land with two people that really spoke so much into me is just a powerful moment. And uh, I, I just tell you guys, I appreciate you being here. And, and to me, that picture, like I said, one of the greatest days in my life. And I just appreciate you guys. I'm so glad you're here. And you guys have an incredible amount of knowledge. When I think about these pictures of you guys in action, your dad in action, Shane, you in action, uh, Roger in action, we're just talking about action, action, action kind of people here. You guys have got significant ministry, significant significant experience of leading men, leading women. Shane, you lead one of the fastest growing churches, strong churches in our region, and uh, just amazing. Fred's got a ministry that's dynamically reached around the world. Roger, you as well. Prolific writer, prolific person, been all over the world starting sports ministries and chaplaincy ministries. There's so many people inspired by him, and he, he, he just elevates that whole discussion. So what we have here in this studio right now, for me, is we have over, well over 100 years of experience in Christian leadership here. And to not mind this a little bit would be just crazy. Collective ministry experience here locally, nationally, internationally, this is pretty pretty cool. And I want to take a look and discuss a little bit key principles of Christian leadership. That's our main topic here, and uh, we're doing that, and we'll see we'll see what happens with it. All right, number one, I just want to start with Roger. Roger, you're the you're the first batter because uh, Fred wrote the order. He said you, you're first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so I just want to hear from your perspective, your experience. What are some of those? And they can be some that came out of no greater love. That's great because that that formed all of us here. But in your experience as a leader of, of, of in doing your ministry these years, what have you derived down to those top Christian priorities of leadership? A couple of things that popped up into my mind uh, first. One of them is how do you lead volunteers? Almost everything that I do is, is work, working with volunteers. And you can't lead them like you can staff. Like, it's just different. Um, I think it was Bill Hybel's book, um, courageous leadership he said that the church is the most leadership intensive enterprise in the world because almost everybody's a volunteer and you don't, you don't have the leverage you do if you have a salary or some other leverage point it's all about relationships so for me in leading people doing camps doing all this other kind of stuff i've found three things are most important in leading volunteers and one of those is give them one job one not 12, no, the 80-20 rule works against us in that, in that sometimes we find competent people, we keep giving them more and more jobs, and we'll work them right out of their burn roles, out. burn them out fast. But give them one job and let them be great at it. Secondly, if, especially if they can experience God in it, they'll do it forever. If they experience the Lord's pleasure, his presence in it, they're going to, this is awesome, exactly. Let them have that one job, and then give them tons of approbation. Add a boy them all the time. If you do that stuff, they'll have, they'll do it forever. 
And it's been fun to watch that happen with the volunteers that I've led well. It's because I've not become too demanding. I've not become overbearing. But I say, here's what we need you to do. I want you to experience the Lord in it and be great at it. And holy smoke, they do it forever. So for me, that's been a huge thing in leading volunteers is those three simple things. As I've trained sports chaplains on five continents of the world now, when I try to boil it all down to a couple of simple ideas, because virtually all those people are volunteers too, but they're leading people in the sporting world, I said two, two things. Love extravagantly. It's going to take some extravagant love for some of the people we deal with. They're not nice. I mean, there's just, they're ugly people at times. So it's going to take an extravagant form of love to do this well. And secondly, you've got to serve selflessly. It can never be about what you get from it. It's always entirely selfless service that makes the thing work. So those two things for me are, are honestly driven by what I see in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. You watch Jesus tell his guys directly what it is to lead in a kingdom of God fashion. That's in those texts. What the, what's the text again? Mark 10, 42 through 45. 42 through 45. And then come back and tell me, what were the three again? You said the job. Yeah, one job. One, Want to be great one at one job. Uh, experience the Lord in it. While they're doing it, they have a sense of the Lord's presence and his pleasure with them in doing it. Holy smoke, they'll do it forever. And then lastly, give them lots of approbation. Attaboy them a ton. Man, I saw you doing that. That was awesome. You're the best ever at this thing or whatever that is. Just attaboy them a ton and they'll keep coming and they'll keep doing it. So so you're basically saying here, if you look at sport, you know, you come out of a sports world mm-hmm. heavily. And, and I know sports and spirituality. There's a lot of there's a lot of parables. There's a lot of metaphors. Yeah. You're basically a coach here that's finding a guy and getting him in the right position, a position player. You're not asking him to play three positions. No, you want to no, get no. you. They no. may someday become utility. They may someday. Yeah. But right now, and then you're going to really help them see that that job's for them, and then you're going to give them a lot of affirmation. So you're basically a spiritual coach. Absolutely, and that's the way I approach. Yeah. Like when I go do trainings, I'm coaching people to do this stuff. I'm not taking an academic approach where I'm trying to teach them and hope they can figure out how to apply it. No, I'm going to talk them through the process in their own context and coach them toward the fulfillment of the role. And so I approach it all. That that same form of uh, volunteer leadership is the way I approach all. And to love extravagantly and serve selflessly, you couldn't get a better team motto that you're going to love. You're going to love what you do. You're going to love your your your, your fellow players, and you're going to serve selflessly. That what what a what a concept for a team to rally around. It's great. Yep, I find that communicates real simply to people, and they get it. And those those adverbs are really important because you can love with some other things attached. No, this has got to be extravagant love. It's got to be way over the top. There's a lot of days things are uncomfortable and inconvenient. You bet. That's part of the deal. Love that way, and uh, you'll get the results you're after. Shane, let's go. Let's go to you. You're, you've got you've got years of being a pastor and being involved in just major ministry work. What, what what have you seen as those core key leadership principles as you developed your leaders and people around you? I'm kind of thinking this morning about the role of no greater love, because I, I think when you look at, at Troy and Roger and me, you you look at three very different kind of leaders. And yet we all really sort of started at the same place mm-hmm. with, with no greater love. And, and I think, Troy, I was sitting in your office earlier uh, looking for mints, but um, <laughs> not really. But, uh, I was sitting in your office and I was looking at your uh, diplomas you have up. And I was thinking about how similar our background is. Right. If you hung a, 
Uh, no Greater Love Diploma, the Foundation on Evangelism, uh, Denman, uh, United Methodist Background, and I was just the Emory uh, University. Yeah. I was thinking about how similar our background is. And I, I was thinking about where, where this all kind of began. And, and for me, leadership has to begin with a God-inspired vision. Absolutely. And I don't think most people have one. And I don't think that's a problem. You don't need a million chiefs. But fitting under somebody that has a God-inspired vision is one way that we live out our relationship with God. And that can happen in beautiful ways. A lot of times people are always thinking, gosh, I need some kind of great vision. You don't need a great vision. There's plenty of them out there. Fit under somebody that has a great vision. And I think it's where we all started. We fit under Fred Bishop, who had a great vision. So we sort of sat under that. And one of the things I loved about No Greater Love, a lot of people want to talk about leadership. And, they, and, and the biggest frustration I hear from people that are trying to lead is nobody wants to follow me. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, dude, who would possibly want to follow you? I mean, think about it. Who, who would want to follow? What No Greater Love always did incredibly well was they began by inspiring people. You don't begin with, follow me. You know, why would anybody want to do that? You begin with a great vision. No greater love always had a vision of putting the gospel into the hands of faithful men. It was simple. It was measurable. And then that extended out to the entire world. So there is an imperative in the center, and it radiates out to a world vision. And that inspired people. Dad spoke into the hearts of men. I mean, so many men coming out of the, the 70s. I mean, what does a Christian man look like? You attend church, you sit in on committee meetings, and you flip pancakes. And Dad just <laughs> dared to say, could it be God has more for you than being a short order cook? Could it be that God has more for you than simply enduring these horrific committee meetings where everybody's arguing to decide if the carpet's going to be blue or light blue? No greater love gave men something to throw their lives into. It was something bigger than ourselves. We threw our limited reality into a larger narrative created by someone who had a God-inspired vision. And the last thing that was just sort of percolating on my mind is that dad gave young men an opportunity to lead. There wasn't, Roger, Troy, myself, we didn't earn leadership. No. We were given the opportunity to lead as very young men who had no idea what we were really doing. Clueless. And we were just thrown into it. We were equipped to be sure but there was a process, and No Greater Love had one process for the regular guys that went on a trip, but there was another process for leaders. Mm-hmm. We would have very clear things, usually one thing, Raj, mm-hmm. that we were entrusted to do. You make decisions, you come back, and you talk about those decisions, yeah. what went well, what went poorly, and it was this process by which you learned to be a leader. I think that that 
incubated leadership in us. And then our own gifts took us different directions. But I do think we all came up in that same system. And part of the uh, brilliance of No Greater Love in my mind was that it had an inspired beginning. Men would come on a trip, and the whole idea was your life could be bigger and more significant than you ever dreamed possible. And I think that captures the hearts of men. Leadership at its essence must capture the hearts of men. You know, I think your your dad has that incredible personal time with the Lord. He brings that out. It is contagious to other people because he is on task. What's interesting about his task, and you mentioned, is no greater love is a very reproducible paradigm. What's taught, I have taught in Thai. Mm-hmm. I've translated it all in Thai. Beautiful. I've tra- taught it in Africa. I've taught it to superintendents of the Methodist Church in Liberia and do, done crusades with them. It's very transferable. And while Shane, Roger, and I here are very uniquely different gifted, we have all received the same kind of basic training mm-hmm. and then our advanced individual gifts take in your dad's used the, the scripture and i used it in the opening episode proverbs 18 6, uh, 16 a man's gift makes room for him and then then our gifts are launched out there and each of them takes on their own ethos so to speak but they carry with it that support system so no matter where you are in the military or how you're serving for the kingdom of god here we come back to that basic training we can all fire the rifle we can all d- defend the gospel we can all do this and now we go out and use our different skill sets and we begin to take his vision and and we begin to dream we we see that we can dream a vision and then you realize you're empowered to leave the dock and get out in there the deep and we have seen incredible in this room there's just i mean shane your church is in the philippines there's all kinds of work you're doing at multi-campuses and if you just go around this table there's just countries and nations and stories and and then if we start into the people from the churches that have been called into ministry that are now doing ministry we could just exhaust our time with this by, by all means and so it's amazing what God has done with putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men with a paradigm that's very translatable. And I, I think, Shane, what was the last point you said about the, the last one? Given the opportunity, there was one more last point. Gosh, it was good. I have brilliant thoughts all I the know. time, Troy. They just come out I was going to write that down. I'll go back and listen. down, it was they're good. lost to but history, Given the man. opportunity to lead... NGL has equipped people, and then you, you, they're pushed out to lead. I, I felt pushed out. It, it, it's that inspiration mm-hmm. to be part of something greater than yourself, to be part of something even greater than a local church, but to be caught up in, in literally a vision to impact the world for Jesus Christ. And for a lot of people, I, I think that's the day they came to life. Amen. The day... They came to life. Today in Daily Walk, I read Daily Walk every day. Today's readings, I don't know if you guys, I use this Daily Walk reading Bible, I just love it. But right now, um, we are, we're, today was when Elisha is, Elisha's going to go. Mm-hmm. Elisha says, if you can keep up with me, you can get it. He asked for a double portion. He says, that's tough. And he had to keep up with him that day. And there was a lot, a lot there. But he kept up with him and he, and he got that double portion. There have been a lot of portions put out through NGL because men have gone faithfully on there and they've done their stuff. And we've seen, whether it's Sarge, or we can just go on story after story around the world of it. It's been amazing. Fred, let's, let's get you in here on this. Uh, tell us about, for you, core leadership uh, principles. What, what have they been for you? Okay. Uh, one thing, I, I am visionary, and I'm not at all good at all at, at processing it. I, I take, it takes a lot of people to make my life work. But um, to be able to give people a position and then 
The second one then is per, help them to see permission. They, they're saying, said, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So mine is all about just loving, caring for people. Then the next one is, can you produce? But nothing is ever really in line until you get to the last one. Can you reproduce? If you can't reproduce, you're just walking in the wind to me. Everyone must be serving God in such a way as that it will reproduce, that grain of wheat falling to the ground and dying, and then reproducing. That's why. I, I think that's what I love about NGL and the core principles, Shane, Roger, that, that you know, what we've learned is is it's not bound by English language at all. Yeah. I mean, Beth and I spent, Beth's in the studio right now, Beth and I spent uh, two, three trips to Africa, Africa on, on getting that started. But when we switched to Thailand, Thailand was different. When you go to Thailand, the word repentance, they don't have a translatable word. <laughs> the kings left that out. They All the words that we would use to talk about Christianity were, were, were basically scrubbed from their language. And so to explain concepts of being born again, uh, they understand that as reincarnation. They uh-huh. don't understand being born again Beautiful. as a spiritual concept. They just, next next round. And so we went into, when we went into to Asia, it was a challenging. I remember teaching my, uh, my face steps class to the first group of church there and getting to the apostles creed. They'd never heard of a creed. First uh-huh. of all, you know, and, and, uh, and all the things you teach and they're the biggies. They were just like, this is the first time they've ever heard of them. But then when we got ready to start training the pastors, when we kind of moved past that and we got into it and they got to the deep parts of it and we began to talk about leadership principles and, and, and being faithful and the when and where and why you gave your life to Christ and, and talking about study, prayer, fellowship and witness, the core things that we teach in leadership. And, and, and when I started giving them assignments and we went out and started doing, we do street events. We would literally set up on walking street. It's the, it, it, it walking street makes Bourbon Street look like Disney World. Mm-hmm. I mean, D- Bourbon Street's not easy by any means, but best been down it. I mean, we went down one time. We went down there one time just the day to go look at it because I hadn't done a lot down there. And we got down about six steps in. And that was all. That's all. we. She said, let's go. We're done with this. I said, honey, we got to go a lot deeper tonight. We got to get in there and go do some ministry. Well, let's come back tonight with the full army. You know, you know, you know it's just one of those things where you just like, you're down there kind of looking at it. You go like, man, this is enough. And then we went deep into it. We, we set up by a Russian brothel. Mm. Didn't we, Beth? We set up right across from a rush. I mean, the biggest Russian brothel there. Subway let us plug into their stuff because I offered to buy. I offered to buy like 300 <laughs> Subway sandwiches. Come we on. cut them up and we were passing them out in the street I with the ties. And so the it. Subway said, you can plug up here. And then we have plugged up there every time all we have to do is buy 300 subway sandwiches and they love us there but yes, what got mad was when we set up and we put our hailers on put our music on start playing worship the, the the business at the russian brothel slowed down Beautiful. because most of the people going in there are english speaking yeah and they just have a trouble uh-huh. when jesus is being proclaimed in a place that's never been heard of and i remember the the helga came out to tell us that we, you can't be doing this here so we have to go talk to the subway owner we're working for them they're, yeah they're oh, sponsoring good. us and and she hung around a while and we finally negotiated she said you can be here two hours and so you know we did two we actually did that we did two hours and now we go back and they're pretty much our friends and you know what we did right away that I think they gave everybody a break for two hours in there. So the first thing we did was we ordered another hundred subway sandwiches. We fed everybody Beautiful. in the brothel. I love Send it. them in. She took them in. Everybody had a sandwich and we went. I love but, it. but what we learned very quickly, I saw the ties began to share on the street, street church. I saw them preaching. I saw the principles that we taught 
all of a sudden come alive and the Beautiful. pastor's there. And I realized it wasn't a language issue. It wasn't even a doctrine issue. It was a matter of them getting a vision for seeing it, seeing it in context. And all of a sudden they found words to describe oh, what good. we do. That's and good. I went back in to teach the next time. And I, instead of me teaching it all and just having a straight translator, I began to use my three lead pastors there, Juan and, and Pi, and began to let them translate it into their terms. And all of a sudden our pastors came alive. They <laughs> understood it. Yeah, that's because it becomes um, indigenous. It becomes indigenous. Uh, to them. It's their own thing now. It's uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It is... Um, that's good. Oh, it's inert. I mean, it, it anyway, it's, it's part of them integral. It's part of who they are. And so it comes alive. It's just like with, you mentioned Elisha earlier. He says, yeah, I wanted a double portion. And he, you know, he saw his mentor whack the water with his mantle. And as soon as, I mean, here goes Elijah away. What's the first thing Elisha does? He walks over to the, where is the God of Elijah? Whacks the water and splits wide open. Wide he open. Says, here we go. Mm-hmm. So, that's where we in the church have failed so many men is we don't give them a chance to whack the that's water. Incredible. We Beautiful. give them something to do. Absolutely. Right. And that's, what's been great about no greater love is, you know what, we're going to teach you this, but guess what? We're going to go do it in a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to have to jump in there and jump in the deep end. Let's go see if you can swim, son. And here it goes. And that's, what's so great about your podcast here, but let's push them out to where right. they can experience the Lord on their own. And for me, that's, again, that's back to that leadership principle. Of, let's give you a job to do. Let's give you something right. to that's stretch right. your legs. Experience God for exactly. yourself. Yeah. Can you go do it? Can you whack the water? Let's see what happens. Well, we, we took these guys, and so we haven't been able to go back in a year and a half because of COVID. It's been, it's just been, for me, it's been distressing because I want to be with them right now. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, they don't need me. Mm-hmm. They don't need me right now because what's happened is they fit, we have a Zoom account. They saw us doing Zoom here and doing the church stuff. Well, they just started, they got shut down again. They're doing Zoom church. All the ties have phones. They've got good cell phone, good oh, computer. They're, they're doing Zoom. They got 100 people on their Zoom campuses going on. I mean, and, and that means now that people up country where we were going to go are watching it already. Some of those pastors have gone home. They're starting churches and they're using, they're doing our stuff now that we taught exactly. them. It's like they started their own street churches. They're, they're doing their own stuff. <laughs> now, it. when I go there, they just have to get an interpreter. It's just like, and nobody cares in karate to see an English person. But what's so cool is to see that what we're doing is transferable. Beautiful. The vision, can you can get the vision and go in. So just let me, let's go around with it just maybe a minute or two. But how do you see the vision of, of leadership be transferable? How do we pass that on? Uh, what, what, what does it take to make that happen? The, the, the anointing is transferable. I believe that. Mm-hmm. And I also think vision and contagion and, 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 and desire, that's what we see from your dad. I think mostly what drives men is the passion your dad has, Shane. Uh, uh, Roger, it, his passion is contagious, and you just want to step out, and his faithfulness makes you want to step up and be the next batter. And even if you can't swing a bat, you want to at least try to get up there and try. Yeah, and for me, that's the whole thing. It's like as I take on interns at the university, and they're going to serve with me. You know what? I'm going to let you watch me for a couple of weeks, and then you're, I'm going to, on purpose, be gone so that you can fill in for me. Right? I'm Nick. Yep, you're, it's your turn. Yep, take a in. swing. Put me in, coach. Let's go see what happens. And yeah, and so you have to be willing for the thing to be done at less than your level, if you will. They may turn out to be better than you, turns out. But uh, the point is, you've got to release some things that out of your control to let people succeed or fail and and work with them. But um, well, I think release things is a key because a lot of us want to control yeah. processes and things. Sometimes she said it's going to be a little bit of a mess on that. Sure, Shane, I, you, 
you've had a lot of pastors come through your territory. You've had associates, assistants, and I see some pastors out leading great churches and doing great work today. And to do that, you, you, you have a very dynamic, large church to bring somebody in and have to kind of train them the Christchurch way and, and methodology. And then for you to go off on vacation and leave them with the helm of a very large ship. How do you do that? Well, for me, you have to have a metaphor. You know, metaphors are so important to me. And, and one of the metaphors, again, going back to No Greater Love, is, is the relationship between an engine and a transmission. Uh, Fred Bishop was always an engine. Mm-hmm. If the engine is all you have, it burns gas, it makes noise, and uh, it, it chews up oil, and it'll eventually burn itself out. Engines are just engines. They're, they're impressive. They can make a lot of noise, but they don't do much. Unless, of course, you hook them to a transmission. If you get an engine hooked to a transmission, it's the transmission that produces those reproducible principles. I think there's two big fallacies in Christian leadership today. Number one is that you don't need an engine. You need an engine. A transmission without an engine is just a big piece of metal that sits around. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't go anywhere. So you do need an engine, but engines also need a transmission. And that engine needs something to hook to to produce work. It's turning energy into work if you want to look at it from a physics point of view. So for me, I'm going to be an engine in my organization. You guys are engines in your organization. Never discount the necessity of an engine. A lot of people say, well, here are just principles. You just apply the principles. Guys, that's like saying, here's a transmission. Have a great trip. It's not going to work. The engine is necessary. But if you don't have the transmission, uh, there's nothing reproducible about it. There's just nothing there. And so for me, it's helping people discover their engine. And and sometimes I'm going to have to help give them a little horsepower. I'm going to have to give them a jump here and there. At times, I'm going to have to loan them some horsepower. But at the end of the day, it's being clear about that transmission. And for me, leadership transmission is really simple. Decide where you want to be. Determine where you are. Get the tools to move people along and then move people along. Pretty simple. So as I develop people, I want to affirm the importance of the engine. You're a unique leader. Troy, I don't have nearly the horsepower (laughs) you do. So you're, everybody's a unique leader. Understand what kind of leader you are. And frankly, the bigger your horsepower, the more difficult it's going to be to, to connect to a transmission because things are spinning at a pretty high rate. Mm-hmm. But also just realizing that it is the reproducible principles that will create ministry beyond your lifetime. Exactly. And that, for me, no greater love. Dad's energy, his engine, is irreplaceable. But you know what he's done? He's created and invested in all, in hundreds of engines. He's made engines. His transmission, those principles, all those engines can run that transmission. And I think that is the key to leadership. I think it's the key to legacy. And it's the key to being reproducible. Affirm the engine. Help people develop their own engine. Hook it to a simple transmission and that's what moves things forward and it moves things forward beyond simply the lifetime of a single engine i, I think there's a, so much truth in that shane i mean it's a really good analogy uh, my wife and i bought i mean for her it's her car she, she hit a deer with it so we're waiting on to get fixed mm. oh my we, we bought a 500 horsepower 392 dodge challenger ta 
392 at the scat pack. A little modern muscle. <laughs> yeah, and Beth, Beth, when you drive through the parking lot today, you'll see the number of burnouts in the parking lot. Those are almost all hers. She's on her second set of tires in 20,000 oh, miles. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's super high power. I mean, 500 horsepower, you can get someplace fast. I mean, just fast. But what I also learned is when you watch on those big shows, uh, like uh, you, you watch like uh, the guys on the Goldmine show on Discovery. I love that. They have those big trucks. And I, I saw those big trucks carrying rocks back and forth. Big, big trucks. That thing's... They said, oh, 500 horsepower. I thought, huh, same engine, totally different transmission. That's good. Mm-hmm. One transmission will do zero to 60. I can do it between the two entrances here. I can be at 65 between our two entrances. That fast. <laughs> That's how fast. But that big dump truck can't. But what it can do is hold two, hold two swimming pools right. in wow. about four or five minutes. So, you know, I, I wrestled for years with why I can't really push a church above three or 400 ever. Mm-hmm. And part of it is my heart's driven to, to break ground and break territory yeah. and to, to be able to take people into combat zones and take hospital teams into the Liberia and to take Beautiful. medics and, and, and we're going to Thailand and I take people all over this church, but we are excited about doing things. We do the Christ event this next year. We're going to do the Christ event on downtown Marion on the square. Nice. We've been asked by the city to lead the Christmas effort oh, in I the full it. center of our city. on the 18th. <laughs> yeah. So we're dusting out sets and getting ready to do that. I found that I had to wrestle with the fact, can I ever pastor a church of 2000? As I got close to it, it was exhausting trying to maintain all those people in the cogs. And I, and then I couldn't get where I needed to be. And, and, and what God called me was to break territory, break ground. I'm a, I feel like I'm called to break fresh ground. And the more I get, the more heavier it gets. And, and that truck just cannot get there. I'm more of the heavy truck. I want to go in and bust up some earth. I'm, I'm not driving the fast truck. I got the 500 with the big truck. I want to make the big lift. I want to get into ground. And, and I think that's so true. I had to finally get comfortable with the fact that I'm not going to have a church of 2000 here, but when you aggregate it together with the people in Thailand and Liberia, I'm going to have to do it a different way. I'm going to have to be me that's and good. use what God, and I think that's so good. We find our engine, we get the, the transmission that kind of works for us. And whether you're two cycle or four cycle or six or eight cycle, you know, be who you are. My, my spiritual, uh, my counselor, when I was doing counseling, when I did my, uh, Oh, CPE at Emory. Shane and I had to do CPEs. You had to do these to kind of graduate. When I went and did my CPE, my guy at Southern Regional, Chuck Carpenter, he said, he wrote on my thing, he says, he says to all his people that will evaluate him with his board of elders in the future, he said, understand, you're going to think Troy Benetton is a burnout candidate. I beg to differ. Do not consider him a burnout candidate. He's a Maserati motor with 16 cylinders, and he is your burnout fear candidate. He'll burn you out long before he ever burns out anybody else. So don't get confused fused with that dynamic just give him room to roar and so he let me read that so i think it's true everybody's got to be who they are and you know what whether you're a go-kart or whatever god has got a place for you in the kingdom a man's gift will make room for them mm-hmm. fred what, what as we talk about this what we just want to get real quick one last round here uh what is that of all that you've heard just name what do you think that top leadership principle would be for you let's get a top three to wrap what, up this okay what it is for me not for everybody, but mine is that I enjoy seeing you do it more than I enjoy doing it myself. In fact, I get energy. What? Well, when he, when you were part, when you were telling a while ago about how that was working there, uh, I got so excited about it. I, you know what I mean. Yeah. So my joy, you must have a joy in what they are. Mm-hmm. And, and and your enthusiasm will bleed into them in that way. That's mine. Excellent. Roger, what about you? Now, for me, the whole thing is, um, can I, are these people I can love and yes. nurture to be uh, who the Lord made them to be? I constantly tell people, I'm after the fulfillment of God's purposes in you. That's, That's it. 
That's great. Can you help people be who God's called them to be? Exactly. Get them off the dock on their mission. We've got principles that are transferable, but the mission as you get out there is going to be unique to you. Yeah, absolutely. Shane, wrap us up. What what do you see of what we've talked about? What's that top top tier for you here? For me, the top tier is, is really pretty simple and basic. Who has God made me to be? What does God ask of me? And, and crack at it. Go get it. Go get her. Get off, get off the dock. Just get, get out there. Get at it. Swing the hammer. I like that. I love it. Hey, we're going to be back here in a little bit with another podcast. We're going to stay in this series, Pastor Troy's Mentor Series. And we're going to come back, guys, in a minute, in a little bit. We're going to go deeper, and we want you to come join us. And we're going to talk about that basic training. We talked about language, basic training, cross-training. What are those core training principles underneath that leadership development that brings out the leader? So we're going to get that in the next episode. So let's let's get us out of here. Just a reminder, Fred's the director of No Greater Love Ministries. You can find out more about their ministry at nogreaterlove.org. You can email him. He may or may not answer ngl1fred at gmail.com. Check out their site. They're all about putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. Fred, thank you for what all you do. Thank you guys for being here again today as we continue in this incredible series. And uh, we're going to get with you. Check us out at onthedoc.org. And you can email us at info at onthedoc.org. You can watch this podcast on many YouTube YouTube's the best site for us. Go check that out there. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Facebook does a good job for us as well. Roku. Uh, on Roku, you have to go to SermonNet, download the SermonNet app, and find us at On the Dock Pastor Troy Rumble. We have a channel there as well. And again, the SermonNet app itself is great. You can check us out on our social media friends. We have a Facebook channel, Instagram, YouTube, uh, I'm sorry, Telegram, and Twitter. Check us out on those things. And please hit on any of those. Go check them all out. And when you get there, subscribe, like, share, comment, and hit notification, and share those with your friends. Again, Thank you to Josh and Jared from Crown Brew for providing us with some good, good Crown Brew product today. Go check them out. And if you want to find out how to be one of our Patreon partners, go to Patreon and find ours at On The Dock. You can be a partner with us or a sponsor. We'd love to have you. You can also find that link by going to our website, onthedock.org. Also, if you don't have a church home, we would love to have you out at Community Faith Church. If you're in our region, Community Faith Church meets on Sundays at 10 o'clock, Wednesday, 630. You can find us at coftv.com. We have a virtual campus as well. We'd love to have you. If you don't have a faith home. If you're up in the Fairview Heights region, Christ Church would love to have you. Don't you think, Shane? Would you love guys, to. You want to invite them out? They're going to come out. Fairview Heights campus has a, look, one, two, three, four services going on Sundays. How do you do that? You have to get in shape for it. Yeah, and you're here today, and Monday's my day off, too. I know Monday's, is Monday your day off or Friday? Nah, now I'm too geared up on Monday. You I, I can't take a day off until everything's done. I can't breathe on Monday. Gosh, that's amazing how some people come around on Friday, some people like, I'm just toast today. And Wednesday, 6.30, they've got other campuses at Collinsville, Maryville, Scott Campus, and the Millstock Campus. Check them out at mychristchurch.com. Christchurch is one church in multiple locations. If you're up in that region, get with them. That's a great church to be a part of. So thank you for coming out for On The Dot, guys. Thank you for being here. We look forward to seeing everybody back at On The Dock in our next section.